An understanding of how diseases like swine flu spread through social contact could be critical in developing responses to potential pandemic infections. Professor Matt Keeling of Warwick's Department of Biological Sciences is working with partners at the University of Liverpool on a survey to map social interactions in order to better predict and control the spread of infections. I spoke to Professor Keeling about the survey and why this data could prove crucial. Matt, you've just launched an online survey asking people to log um, information about their patterns of movement, their who they're meeting, who they're um, talking to, in order to track the spread of infectious disease. Why is a survey like this useful for you? The main use of the survey is actually to better parameterise mathematical models to enable us to better predict the spread of infection. We all know that infections such as flu can be spread through very close contacts and especially touching, kissing, shaking hands, etc. So if we know about these sort of contacts, we're in a better position to be able to predict how fast and how far an infection will spread. And why is the ability to do those predictions so useful? Well, firstly, for two reasons. Firstly, if we can predict it, we can plan for it. So it gives even in, in the case where we can't control an infection, it gives health authorities the, an idea of how large an epidemic to expect. And secondly, it can be used for planning of control. What are the best ways to use a limited set of resources? Who should we be giving Tamiflu to? Who should we be thinking about vaccination if we can get a vaccination, if we can get vaccine developed in the time? We have a lot of data on sexually transmitted diseases, um, but I understand that we don't have so much data on other human interactions. Yeah, I mean, that's very true. Um, The work on sexually transmitted diseases all came about because of the AIDS pandemic that started in the early 80s. So everyone was worried about trying to understand how many sexual contacts people had. Um, It's only been in the last three or four years that people have really started to think about social connections and the spread of sort of airborne infections such as flu. Um, And really... um, I think the main reason for this is, is firstly, people didn't realise how important it was going to be or how variable it was going to be between people. And are we at a greater risk with our lifestyles now where travel is very common and and cheap and easy from this sort of transmission? It's difficult to say. Um, There's probably two effects that work in two completely different directions. We're moving around much more, so globally we mix a lot more. Possibly locally we mix less. People tend to be more insular, stay in their homes and sit down and watch the telly all night now, rather than actually going out and socialising as they did maybe 50 or even 100 years ago. And you've also done a lot of work looking at animal transmission. Are there things that um, can be looked at in terms of the way that disease spreads within, um, say, cattle populations or sheep that can inform the way that we develop strategies for coping with uh, human-borne uh, uh, infections? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's very strong parallels. Um, we know exactly about contacts between cattle and sheep. Um, all cattle now have a passport, so we know exactly where they were born, where they've moved to and where they died. Um, unfortunately, we don't have that much information for people. But we can still use the same concepts to try and understand about control. Obviously, you've got more power when you're dealing with cattle because you can enforce movement bans, you can do enforced vaccination, enforced culling, and you can't do those sort of things with people. Um, But um, we are in a situation where we can use a lot of the tools that we've already developed to try and understand the type of patterns that we're seeing in human contacts. So in terms of the actual survey that you're conducting, what sort of data are you trying to capture? Um, We're trying to capture the main thing probably is how many contacts people have in the day. So we want to know know, how many people you actually talk to -to face-to-face or shook hands with. So we want to know about face-to-face close contact and also 
um, physical contact. For each of these contacts, we want to know about how long it was, how far away from home it is, how far away from home is going to tell us about the spatial spread of infection, um, how long it is going to tell us about your likelihood of catching the infection. And then we also want to know other things about how often did you meet this person previously to give us an idea of whether these are new random people that you probably don't know or whether they're regular people that you met. And then finally, probably the hardest bit of the survey, is trying to estimate which of your contacts know each other. And that's very important because it tells us about how cliquey or how clustered this network is, and that has very big implications for how fast the disease will spread. And so once you have captured this data, what do you plan on doing with it? Um, well, we already have quite powerful mathematical models set up to predict the spread of diseases like influenza, but this is going to allow us to put a level of detail in that's never been seen before. So it really is a sort of huge leap forward in modelling and prediction. Mm. It'll allow us to sort of tailor-made... Um, control measures for the particular infection that we're thinking about and whether or not there's certain situations that are more likely to transmit infection than others. How, how would you sort of go about connecting that into international models? Um, yes, there, there, I mean, there is sort of international information. Although our survey, I mean, we originally designed this as a paper survey and we've put the web almost as an add-on, but I mean, the web survey is actually open to everyone. Um, we've already had hits from the USA and Mexico. Um, as well as predominantly hits from the UK. Um, but we can sort of bring this into a sort of more global context. Um, we're not thinking of trying to predict the whole world because there's just far too many people, but a prediction at the scale of the UK is, is possible and is somewhere where we can actually influence policy. And do you think this kind of modelling, if done at a global level, would give a much better picture of the kind of... Uh, of the nature of these these global pandemics, um, particularly thinking about if something hit China, for example, these kind of approaches that you're making uh, in terms of modelling, useful in those sorts of contexts? Um, yes, they are. One of our collaborators is actually doing a very similar survey in China at the moment. Um, so that will give us data on how, it, how infections might develop in other countries. Hopefully, and we, we think this from some of the preliminary work, we don't think patterns of social contact are that different. Humans are social animals and we all tend to interact in about the same way, irrespective of which country we're in. Um, things like how often you kiss, shake hands might differ very slightly between different countries, depending on sort of, um, sort of how, how countries sort of are. But yeah, yeah. Um, and if people wanted to fill in the uh, questionnaire, where can they go to find that? Um, the easiest place is to go to the online questionnaire, which is at www.contactsurvey, which is all one word, .org. But you're also sending this out to schools? We're also going to send out postal questionnaires, first of all, to randomly selected households. So we're sending those to 100,000 households in the UK. And then we're going to sort of target schools and maybe other focus groups as well.